So about 50,000 people a day come to the sites, and we see over 900 people a day uh, tell us that they've asked Jesus into their life while on the site. The voice of Marilyn Adamson opening today's First Person program. Welcome, I'm Wayne Shepherd. In just a few moments, we'll talk with Marilyn about her remarkable online ministry, reaching many spiritual seekers with the truth of the gospel. First, I invite you to stop by our website for not only information about today's guest, but also a look at upcoming programs. And there's an archive of past broadcasts which you can explore. We're found at firstpersoninterview.com. Now, an even easier way of keeping up with each week's program is by downloading our free smartphone app, giving you the ability to listen and or download any current or past program to be played anytime you wish. Search First Person Interview in your app store. And as always, we are thankful to the Far East Broadcasting Company for their support making these programs possible. We all use the Internet every day for a variety of reasons, but our guest has found a way to use it effectively to answer the spiritual questions people are hesitant to ask anyone. Herself once an atheist, Marilyn Adamson knows how important it is to provide answers to the questions people are asking. As we began, I asked her to describe her own spiritual journey. Well, I was raised in uh, somewhat of a religious home, but I became an atheist because I was starting to ask people, how do you know God exists? And the answer I kept getting was, well, you just know. I mean, why are you asking? Hmm. And that's what I got time after time. And so I came to the conclusion, oh my gosh, they've made this up. This is people that need to believe in God, and it's all made up like Santa Claus. And so I came to the conclusion uh, that there was no God, and I was very firm and very clear about that. And then a few years later, um, I met someone who became a close friend, and she was a Christian. And she was caring she was kind. I, I really admired her life. But the thing that really got me is she was really smart. I mean, she's a doctor now. And, and I just couldn't understand how somebody that smart could believe in God. <laughs> and so I began to challenge her on it. And I mean, I asked her questions almost daily. <laughs> you put her up against the wall, huh? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> And uh, I would even kind of write out questions and hand them to her. I mean, I was wow. that intent. And this went on for a year and a half, and she took the time to research the answers for me. And I found out years and years later, she never really thought I'd ever believe in God. She just did this because she loved me and was my friend, hmm. which is remarkable. Um, so then... Eventually, the evidence became so weighty that I knew I had to make a decision. I was tired about tired of thinking about God and the possibility of God. And so one night, I decided I was going to decide. I was either going to never think about God ever again or do something about it. And so after three or four hours of reviewing the evidence, my prayer was, okay, you win. And I ask you to come into my life and you can do with it whatever you want. Um, it, it just seemed appropriate. Now that there's God, He, that's appropriate. And I didn't really expect any changes, but I immediately, immediately 
um, started growing. I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get to know God now that I knew He existed. What changed for you, Marilyn? A lot changed. Uh, one, I found myself deeply into the Bible for hours every day, it seemed. Um, but a few months after I became a believer, one of my other close friends asked me, um, have you noticed the changes in your life? You're different. And I said, no, what do you mean? She said, well, I feel like I can talk to you and you really listen to me. You really care about me and you don't make jokes. And I've just noticed that. Haven't you noticed that? And I said, no. And I think what happened is I became so amazed by God's love, the insecurities that I had where I would joke around and such. He just took care of those. He removed those, and I could focus on the other person more. And she became a Christian simply because of watching the changes in my life. Hmm. What were your life circumstances at the time? Married? Single? Oh, no, I was single. I was, I was actually um, uh, midway through my last year of high school. Oh, okay. So you were very young. Uh, in eighth grade is when I became an atheist, which sounds goofy, but it's true. Yeah, well, most uh, most young teens and preteens that age don't even think much about it. You were very serious about your atheism. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I really was. And I got into existential philosophy during that time. And um, I wanted to find a philosophy of life that I could always count on that would work in any situation. Was there anything driving that at home? Was there a, a circumstance that just did you feel accepted and loved at home? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I had a very good life. In fact, I wasn't aware of any needs when I asked Jesus into my life. It was huh. it was pretty intellectually based. After all this time now, looking back on that, you see how God was leading you and the Spirit was prompting your heart, right? Oh, oh, I found... I found myself pursued by God. I mean, that's the only way to put it. When I read C.S. Lewis's testimony, it was the first person I read, and I was like, that was exactly my experience. And it was so fun, uh, actually comforting to see somebody else have that same feeling that God was just pressing the issue. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to hear you uh, talk about the friend who said she noticed the change in you and that you you listened and you cared. Sometimes, as a, a new convert to Christianity, we get so zealous that we, we kind of push ourselves on people. You don't feel like you did that? Well, I was pretty zealous. I mean, I one of the... Um, one of the pieces of information that had a big impact on me was a book by Paul Little, Know Why You Believe. Yes, yeah, a classic book, yeah. So my first year, I think I probably bought 15, 20 copies of that book and gave it to people. And I did talk to people a lot. Um, but, you know, I think God's given me, I don't know, um, a, a way to listen to people and care. Even today, when I talk to people, almost all the time, they end it with, thank you so much. I mean, hmm. it's like I become their best friend and all I'm really doing is talking to them about God. Yeah, I have a friend who likes to say the way to show love to someone is to listen to them. Yeah, exactly. Well, what's taken place in your life since that conversion? Well, uh, I went to college majoring in advertising and was planning on working in an ad agency after graduation. 
but I found that I just, and, and I worked in downtown Chicago at an ad agency during summers of college, so I really was on that path. But my heart just was wanting to share the gospel with people. And, um, and I loved advertising, but I didn't want to advertise um, tires or candy bars or things like that. And I couldn't tell my parents, you know, that I didn't want to work in an ad agency anymore. Um, and I didn't know what I did want to do. That wouldn't go over. So I went back to school that Monday, and I was just praying my heart out. And I said, you know, God, do I owe my parents years in an ad agency to pay them back for my education? Or, you know, if I if I went with a Christian organization, you know, that would be a problem because they were pretty hostile about me becoming a Christian. They were okay with atheism. They weren't okay with me being a Christian. And And I walked into my class and my advertising professor, who was one that lived and died for advertising. I mean, there was no other career. He started the class that day saying, do you people realize that what you're talking about is devoting the major portion of your lives to promoting toothpaste or socks or underarm deodorant? And I was just amazed because that's exactly what I had been thinking. And then he said, but don't limit PR and advertising because they're broader fields than that. For example, there's a student in this class who has been promoting God and probably will continue to do so. And that was just one of a dozen things that God used uh, to lead me on staff with crew. There was an opportunity to use media, perhaps, to lead people to Christ. That was my heart's desire. And so when I graduated, um, I did join the staff of Campus Crusade for Christ, as it was called back then. It's called Crew now, with the desire of using media to reach as many people as possible. And did God give you the desire of that heart? Oh, oh, absolutely. I would do math where uh, when I commuted downtown Chicago and I thought, well, how many people can I talk to in a day um, on the train or in the city? And, um, and I thought it really needs to be through media. That's how God gave me a desire to reach people with the gospel. I saw him change my life. I knew he was the truth. I knew he was the only way that would meet people's needs, even taking heaven and hell aside. I think people's lives are so deeply affected by a relationship with God that they just need to know about it. Hmm. Well, coming up in a few moments, I want to talk to you about how God has led you into a ministry of crew that is absolutely astounding, the response it's getting, and we'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. Just let me ask you real quickly, how many years have you been with crew now? Oh, 40 years. 40 years of ministry mm-hmm. through uh, formerly called Campus Crusade for Christ. Right. Marilyn, can you hang on and we'll continue this conversation? Yes, absolutely. Thanks. All right. We will be back with more with Marilyn Adamson of Crew on today's First Person. Stay with us. This is Ed Cannon, president of the Far East Broadcasting Company. FEBC partners with First Person to bring these interviews to you each week because we never tire of hearing how God moves on the hearts of people to accomplish His purpose. Whether in the hard-to-reach places of the world or right here at home, we serve a living God who leads men and women to do great things for Him. Learn more about FEBC at firstpersoninterview.com. Click on the FEBC banner. 
My guest today is Marilyn Adamson. Marilyn is on staff with Crew, as you heard a few moments ago, formerly known as Campus Crusade for Christ, and 40 years there in the ministry. But these last few years, now when you when you started with Crew, there was no internet, Marilyn. I mean, You're correct. In 75, we didn't know what that was. Um, but God is using that today, and you are utilizing the internet as a tool for evangelism. Let's talk about this. What What's going on? Uh, well, I did start with evangelistic print media. One day I was a little bit complaining to somebody that I was working with that it seemed our organization wasn't getting around to building an evangelistic site. And he said, well, I know how to build websites and we have messages, so let's throw something up there and see what happens. I said, sounds good to me. How long ago would this have been? It launched in 2000. Okay. And it's now in 40 languages. Last year, uh, over 22 million people came to the site. Whoa. Okay, now uh, let me back up for a moment because what what you've done here, I, I want to make sure we get all the details of this. This is, this is just astounding to me. Uh, the various websites, and we'll mention them and we'll put them on our website as well, but these various websites you, that you put together, what is the purpose of them? Oh, thank you. Um, the site is written directly to non-believers. And the purpose is to help somebody understand who God is or what it might be like to know Him. And so we take various topics. uh, We try to answer people's most pressing questions about life and God. Um, But we don't just answer the question. We're not just giving them information. We're seeking to be persuasive and give them reasons to begin a relationship with God. So everything is intended to move them toward God. Uh, Not every page includes the gospel, only about 20% do, but every page is designed to help them understand who God is or what it might be like to know Him. This is the kind of tool that if you had had when you were that uh, teenager, you would have found uh, the answers you were looking for. Absolutely. And so everything about this site is really um, an outgrowth of my own relationship in searching for answers and wanting to know what's true and wanting to know if there really was a God who, who was there and who cared and who could interact with us and guide us. All right, I'm looking at everyperson.com right now, and you've got uh, categories, God's existence, life's questions, sex slash relationships, knowing God, Q&A. I have to imagine this is a safe place for people to come with questions, right? Absolutely. The Internet, when, when somebody has questions like this, they're really not necessarily going to go find a person or drive to a church and find a pastor because... Oftentimes, people are embarrassed that they don't know more about Christianity or the Bible or anything. And um, and so the first place they turn to with questions about, is God real? Does God care? They go to Google. They That is where they turn for answers. And so, in fact, if you type in the word God, everystudent.com comes up second right after Wikipedia. Hmm. People are afraid of asking a dumb question, right? They, they're afraid that their question will seem silly or elementary. But when they can come to a website and Google their question and be led to everyperson.com or everystudent.com, it's easy to, to read the material, to uh, think about it, and to drink it in and 
find the answer they're looking for in the privacy of their own home. Yeah, and another aspect of this is that defenses come down. People can be really honest when it's just them and their computer. So nobody's challenging them. I know when I would talk to my friend, you know, back when I was debating her and arguing with her and asking for evidence, I would walk away thinking she believed everything she said to me. And I'm not sure I believe anything I just said. I just wanted to defend my beliefs. And that that will happen in conversations. But when they go online and that's just them and their computer, all of those defenses can come down and they can just be honest. And it's actually the perfect environment for God to speak to them. All right. A few moments ago, you gave a number. How many visits to these websites do you get? Uh, last year, we had 22 million. Um, so about 50,000 people a day come to the sites. And we see over 900 people a day uh, tell us that they've asked Jesus into their life while on the site. Isn't that incredible? It really is. When they come to the site, do they linger there? Do they search all the, the material? Oh, we have a really high number of minutes that people stay on the site. Uh, it's way above web norms. Um, and so like on longer articles, we see an average time of six minutes. On articles that are a little bit shorter, it could be four or five minutes just on that article. And people will stay, um, you know, 12, 20 minutes uh, some hours. I've had people tell me they spent days mm. on it, reading everything mm. that's on the site. And it's not just in English, is it? No, 40 different languages. So Arabic, uh, Turkish, Chinese, which is another aspect of this is, you know, really the concept of closed countries is an outdated term because we're seeing people from every single country of the world come to these sites. Marilyn, the sites are so attractive. Uh, they have to be easy for people to navigate, right? They're very easy. Uh, and the greatest value of the site to Christians is it opens up opportunities to have short conversations with people about God. Uh, like, um, like I was on a flight and somebody asked me what I did and I told them, but Anybody could say, you know, well, I'm in such and such business, but I'm also connected to a site called everystudent.com or everyperson.com, whichever you want to use. I'm connected to a site that seeks to answer people's questions about life and God. And I'm wondering um, if I could give you a card to the site uh, to help you see how you can know God. I find that Having the site, knowing that it's there, knowing what is covered on the site, frees me and it frees other Christians who know about it to have conversations with people about God that they might have passed on before. Uh, like somebody could be saying, sharing with you about some difficult situation in their lives, and you could say to them, you know, I, I get why you're stressed about that, and I've had hard situations in my life too, but, you know, I've found that God can give me a peace in the midst of that because I know he can be trusted. I know he can do something about it. And I don't know if you've ever, if anybody's ever shared with you how you could know God like that. May I give you a website where you can explore questions about God, and it will explain how you can have a relationship with God like that. 
So it's a tool we all can use. It's so easy. And I think once people know they have it, um, once they're familiar with the site, God just brings people to you for you to talk to. I see him do it all the time. Tell me a story or two uh, that's uppermost in your mind of people who have come to Christ through these websites. Well, I think of um, Rachel. She was somebody that was trying to work her way out of anxiety. And so she tried all sorts of things like uh, Buddhism and uh, New Age stuff, crystal, chakra, healing, all these things. And she said one day she paid uh, nearly $200 for a chakra healing course. And as it was starting, there was a 10-second countdown, and she just sensed, you don't need this, turn Mm. it off. And so she did. And she went to Google and found everystudent.com. And she said she spent a, a whole lot of time on it. And then she said, Um, I could finally understand who Jesus is, and I felt so invited by him on your site, Uh, and she prayed to receive Christ on it. Um, I mean, I've got thousands like that. Uh, Another one was um, a woman who, a young woman who wrote and said she had been drug and alcohol addicted since she was 12 and just had her third abortion, and and she wrote an email and said, I think I need God, but I don't know how to find him. And she wound up becoming a believer and got married and two years later had a baby. So instead of an abortion, you know, God had totally changed her life. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one really remarkable story it was a guy in Ethiopia, northern Ethiopia, and he became a Christian on the site and grew through uh, our follow-up approach, uh, which I can explain later. But he wound up going on WhatsApp and starting all these different text groups. Okay, so WhatsApp is real popular outside of the United States. It's just texting mm-hmm. back and forth. Yeah. So he became a believer on the site and grew through our follow-up content. And then he started text messaging um, with Muslims around the entire Middle East. And he said more than a thousand people were now receiving his messages. And he said there have been 35 new believers and more are becoming believers every day. And here was a brand new believer now having an impact on a thousand people in the Middle East. There are actually several websites that our guest Marilyn Adamson and those who work with her at Crew have developed all with the purpose of evangelism and discipleship. We'll place links at firstpersoninterview.com. Thanks for joining us today. It's always great to get your feedback. Visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. This weekly visit is made possible through the Far East Broadcasting Company, which loves to have stories of God working in people's lives told. FEBC has a few stories of their own, and you can learn more about them when you click on the FEBC banner found at firstpersoninterview.com. Next week, you'll meet Stan Unger, who, when confronted with issues of hunger and poverty in the world, could not stand by and do nothing. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for First Person. First Person.